This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Good evening, family. Can we give, can we give the Lord Jesus the greatest? He's worthy of it all. He's worthy. He's worthy of it all. So I think we can change it tonight. Tonight I will just preach in Afrikaans. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You may be seated. Thank you very much. And thank you to Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev. It's a privilege to stand here to minister to you. And I want to tell you, you are in the right place. This word is for you. Tell somebody next to you, this word is for you. Sometimes we think the word is not for me, it's for somebody else. And I just want to read something to you. Fred feared his wife Rhonda wasn't hearing as well as she used to. And he thought she might need a hearing aid. Not quite sure how to approach her, he called the family doctor to discuss the problem. The doctor told him there's a simple in informal test the husband could perform to give the doctor a better idea about her hearing loss. Here's what you do, said the doctor. Stand about 40 feet away from her in a normal conversational speaking tone. See if she hears you. If not, go to 30 feet, then 20 feet, and so on until you get a response. That evening, the wife is in the kitchen cooking dinner, and he was in the den. He says to himself, I'm about 40 feet away. Let's see what happens. Then in a normal tone, he asks, honey, what's for dinner? No response. So the husband moves closer to the kitchen about 30 feet from his wife and repeats, Rhonda, what's for dinner? Still no response. Next he move, moves into the dining room where she's about 20 feet, where he's about 20 feet from his wife and asks, honey, what's for dinner? Again, he gets no response. So he walks up to the kitchen door about 10 feet away. Honey, what's for dinner? Again, there's no response. So we walk right up behind her. Rhonda, what's for dinner? For the first time, Fred, chicken. So sometimes you think the problem is with other people. Say to somebody next to you, this word is for you. I don't want you to say them, you are the problem, but. And tonight, this word is going to challenge you more than you came to this place and maybe you expect to hear a word to, to encourage you what God can do for you. But tonight, I'm challenging you. What can you do for God and what does God expect from you? I believe we are in a season and God is asking us to walk differently. So the bicycle pastor is not going to speak about riding, he's going to talk about walking. We need to walk differently because this is a new season. And they said about Napoleon Bonaparte, he wrote a letter to his wife and he said this, I insist you have more strength. I am told you are always crying for shame. That is very bad. Be worthy of me and develop a stronger character. Make a proper show in Paris. If you are always weeping, I shall think you have no courage or character. I don't like cowards. An empress should have heart. Should have heart. God is saying to you tonight, 
And he's challenging us, be worthy of me. You need three people in your life. You need somebody, a shoulder to cry on. Sometimes you need a brain to pick. And sometimes you need a kick in the pants. So this is a kick in the pants sermon. I know this is not what you want to hear. But I believe we are living in critical times for the body of Christ to step into a new dimension and be different. And as you read 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 11, 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 11, and you know how affectionately, um, I'm starting in verse 11, but it's fine, and you know how affectionately we treated each of you like a loving father cares for his own children, we comfort, encourage, and challenge you. Once again, um, sometimes you hear a sermon to encourage you. There's a sermon to comfort you, and then there's a sermon to challenge you. And what's the challenge tonight? Listen to what, to what the Word of God says. He challenged you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God. A lifestyle worthy of God who is calling you or invites you into the kingdom and glory. Tonight, this is the word to challenge you. To have a lifestyle worthy. Somebody shout worthy. The word of God says, as a prisoner of the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. To live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What's the calling? The previous scripture says, you have been called to the kingdom and the glory. And we must go to a next level. You're not just called to repentance, you are called to the kingdom and glory. Somebody shout the kingdom and the glory. See, the kingdom is a place of total surrender. And do we understand the kingdom? Some people follow the kingdom of liberty. And that kingdom says you are welcome in God's kingdom and you don't have to change. There's the kingdom of legalism that says you are not welcome in the kingdom unless you change. But there is then the gospel of the kingdom and of the Lord Jesus Christ, our King, that says, I welcome you into the kingdom, and as a result, you will change. There's a call, there's, a, there's an invitation to the kingdom and to glory. And we as, as people of the kingdom, He's inviting us where we say, Lord Jesus, you have every right to me. I want to be considered worthy to be counted among those who have sought your highest. To be a part of a people who can pass through anything and not be moved. I've said it so many times. At this moment, we are still fighting the bears and the lions. What will happen to the church when the Goliaths comes out? And that's why he says, step up to a different level. Be worthy of me. Understand, you've been called to the kingdom and glory. And the kingdom demands total surrender. Total surrender. To be part of a people who can pass through anything and not be moved. 
a people who has offered themselves to you again and again, totally, and without condition, contracts, or stipulations. Because God is after a people who He can possess completely. Family, He's looking for people that He can possess completely. Because if we are going to change the world and make a difference, it's going to happen through people that God can possess completely. A people of the kingdom. And that will mean you need to renounce everything for His kingdom. You cannot be part of this world system anymore. You cannot belong to the ways of the world and does the things according to the world's ways. It's time for us to be part of a people who exist only for Him and the kingdom. Somebody say, for Him and the kingdom. And we need to be a transformed people, a surrendered people, a cross-bearing people. We need to be people that are dead. We need to be people that have risen, ascended, a people who are whole, holy His. A people who can only live for Him and nothing else. He's calling you for the kingdom and for glory. What is glory? Glory is God on display. He's waiting for people that understand, I've not just been called just to go to church, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm happy, satisfied. God is busy shaking us to get us to a place. And he says, I've called you to the kingdom and I've called you to glory. And I need you to, to surrender completely to me, live with a different mindset on a different level and let glory be seen in and through your life. Put God on display. It's time to see his nature, his character and his attitude. Show God to the world. What do they see? Do they see God or do they see our mindset, our ideas, they need to see God. And he's challenging us, I'm calling you to the kingdom and I'm calling you to glory. And I want you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God. Tonight God is asking you, are you worthy of me? We cannot play church anymore. We cannot just come to church and do things the normal way, stay on the same level, just surrender just enough, just to make sure I'm going to heaven, just, it's no time just to survive. He's waiting for people that will surrender completely. Just listen to what the word says in Matthew 10 verse 38. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. If we say tonight, I want to be worthy of him, it will mean it, it will mean that you need to take up your cross and follow him. The message translation says, Matthew 10, 38 and 39, if you don't go all the way with me through thick and, through thick and thin, you don't deserve me. I, I told you it's going to be a kick in the pants sermon. But I'm here to prepare you. There's a, there's a move of God that's about to be released. And he's waiting for people that will raise their hands and says, God, it's for your kingdom and it's for your glory. I don't want to be seen. Let your glory, I want to put God on display. 
I want Him to move, and I want to live a lifestyle worthy of Him. But it will cost you. If you go on, he says, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you will never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself, tell somebody next to you, forget about yourself. Forget about yourself and look to me. You will find both yourself and me. You'll find both yourself and him. Listen to what Revelation 3 verse 4 says. You still have a few followers of Jesus in Sardis who haven't ruined themselves wallowing in the muck of the world's ways. They walk with me on, they will walk with me on parade. They have proven their worth. Are you worthy? That's my question tonight. Are you worthy of him? He's waiting for people that will begin to live in such a way that, that will show that you are different that you've been called to the kingdom and you've been called to, to glory. Colossians 1 verse 10. Colossians 1 verse 10. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. And how will that life look like when you are living worthy? He says, you will please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Are you worthy of him? Because if you are worthy of him, you will seek to please him. You will seek to produce fruit in your life and you will seek his presence. Somebody say with me, I must please him. I must produce fruit and I must seek his presence. And you are not here to please yourself. You are not here to please other people. You are, the only reason you are here, you are here to please him. And if we don't please him, he says, you are not worthy of me. It was said of Enoch, Hebrews 11 verse 5, and I know I didn't give them the scripture. But Hebrews 11 verse 5 says, but Noah was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God has translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. I wonder what is the testimony of our lives. Can it be said of me and of you, they are walking and they are pleasing God. And to please God will cost you. It will cost you. In the first century, when Christians made a decision to follow Christ, it was not come and follow Christ and your life will be easy. It meant you could die. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church now. This pastor from the farm is preaching you quiet. But I hope you are taking, I hope there's something stirring on the inside of you. That you are making a decision, you are drawing a, a line in the sand. You say, I'm finished with compromise. I'm finished, finished with going halfway. I want to be worthy. I want to be worthy of him. And if you want to be worthy of him, it, me it means you have to please him. And to please him can cost you. They said at one stage years ago, they, they, were, they called them the coffin missionaries. They, they packed not a bag, they packed a coffin, meaning we are not coming back. One of, one of those missionaries on, on his tombstone 
it was, it was said, when he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. I wonder, you are walking into your workplace. Maybe you are walking into a situation, it's darkness. I'm gonna tell you, you must change it so that there can be light and no more darkness. We are going into our communities, going into our nation, and we're seeing darkness, but what are we doing? We are playing church, we are living for ourselves, we are pleasing ourselves, we are living for the moment, and God is calling you for his kingdom and the glory. And he says, adapt a lifestyle worthy. And if you wanna be worthy, it means you must please him. God doesn't send us to safe places to do easy things. Ask us in Marble And we want the easy places. Sometimes I hear Hawaii, I don't know why, often. But he decided go to Marble Hall for a reason. And we will live and, and we declare when we, we came there, there was no light. I believe when we are leaving, they will say there's no darkness. We declared over the Loscombe Valley, that's Marble Hall, Hrubersdal, and the area around, we said, Marble Hall is not going to be a ghost town, it's going to be a holy ghost town. Because we're going to see the move of God, but it's going to take some radical people that will say, send me into difficult places. Because when the hand of the Lord is upon you, Ezekiel 37, he says, and the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he, take me, and he took me out, and where did, he, did, where did he place Ezekiel? In a place of dead bones. We are, when we hear God is taking us out, his hand is upon me, we, usually we think it's going to be a great place. He's putting you in a place where there's dry bones. And we need to get to that place and understand that Jesus didn't die to keep you safe. He died to make you dangerous. Come on. Give somebody a high five next to you and tell them I am dangerous. I wonder, are you really dangerous? Are the enemies shouting and getting afraid in the mornings when you wake up and he says, yeah, he goes again. I wonder what he's about to do today. He's waiting for radical people. You need to understand that a complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical. It's normal. It's normal. And when somebody just do a little bit more, we think that is too radical. We need some radical people. Christian family, church, we are going to be radical. Somebody shout, I'm radical. But it will cost you. It says in January, the 1st of January, 404 AD, an angry Roman gladi gladiator stabbed to death the monk Telemachus because he tried to stop a brutal gladiatorial duel. Details are not clear on the subject, but they said what happened. It was a time of a festival in Rome. They were celebrating a triumph um, of a war. And as he followed a crowd into the Colosseum, and there in the midst of the great crowd, he saw the gladiators come forth standing before the emperor and say, we who are about to die salute you. As he realized they were going to fight to the death for the entertainment of the crowds, and he realized that they're gonna 
fight with death. And he cried out, in the name of Christ, stop. And his voice was lost in the turmoil there in the great Colosseum. And as the games began, he made his way down through the crowd and climbed over the wall and dropped to the floor of the arena. Suddenly the crowd saw this little figure making his way out to the gladiators and saying over and over again, in the name of Christ, stop. And they thought it was, it was part of the entertainment. And at first they were amused. But then when they realized it wasn't, they grew angry. And as he was pleading with the gladiators in the name of Christ, stop. One of them plunged his sword into his body. And as he fell to the sand of the arena in death, his last words were, in the name of Christ, stop. And suddenly, a strange thing happened. The gladiators stood looking at this tiny form lying in the sand. A silence fell over the Colosseum. And then, someplace up in this upper arena, an individual made his way to, a, to an exit and left. And others began to follow. And in, in the deaf silence, everyone left the Colosseum. That was the last battle to the death between gladiators in the Roman, Roman Colosseum. Never again did anyone kill or did men kill each other for the entertainment of the crowd. One tiny voice that could hardly be heard ab above the noise. In the name of Christ, stop. It is something we could be saying to each other. And that's what we wanted to declare. In the name of Christ, stop. But who will be that somebody? Who will be that somebody that make a decision? My life will be worthy of him. And I will please him. If you want to live worthy, you need to seek to produce fruit. God expects something from you. And he expects from you fruit. You need to carry fruit that, that, that will produce in your life faith. Your lips will produce fruit of thankfulness. You need to produce fruit of obedience, fruit of servanthood, fruit of generosity. Why in our nation, we've got so many peacemakers, but we don't see peace. The problem of the church is not numbers. Worldwide, millions, there are millions of born again, Christian filled um, uh, Holy Ghost filled Christians. Why don't we see the change? God is raising up. He says, I've called you to the kingdom and I've called you to glory. And you need to live a lifestyle worthy of him. And the fruit of love needs to be seen in our hearts. And we need to deal with unfruitfulness in our lives. If you want to walk worthy of God, I'm asking you, where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? You need to be different. You need to be a, a person that seeks to produce fruit in your life. You need to be a person that are different. And then you need to seek his presence. You need to know him. Nowadays, I don't want to ask people, are you a child of God? 
I think 99% of people in South Africa, if you ask them, if you are a child of God, they say yes. My question is, are you growing in your relationship with God? I wonder, are you growing? And you need to have an encounter with God. And he says, you are worthy of me when you please me. You are worthy of me when you produce fruit in your life. And you are worthy of me when you know me. But it, but it means you need to have an encounter with him. And many people just have a behavior modification. It's possible to live a disciplined life and read your Bible and go to church, but you don't know him. But God is after a people that will know him. And the only way that, that, that we can truly please him is when you look like him. We will see the end time move of God, what is about to happen in our nation and the nations of the world. We're going to see people that look like him, that live worthy of him, that says, I had an encounter. See, it's in beholding that you will become like him. What do you see? What do you, do you encounter him? Because when you encounter him and when you are fascinated with him, it will produce transformation. And when you are fascinated with him, it will produce imitation. And we need to imitate him. We need to live in such a way that will say, God, I want to be worthy of you. But it, but it means that you need to have an encounter, face-to-face -face encounter. What you behold, you will become. But now we're busy with activities. And he says, know me. If you want to be a person that are worthy of me, it must be known of you that you know God. You don't know about him, you know God. Be worthy of him. And when he has got your attention, your fascination, it will produce imitation. You will start imitating him when you are fascinated with a girl. Has it ever happened? Have you ever seen parents telling their young son, please comb your hair, dress nicely. They are trying, they're speaking to him. But the moment he sees a girl, you don't have to tell him. Smell better. Comb your hair. Now he's fascinated. Now that fascination is producing transformation. When you are fascinated now, it will produce imitation. Now as a guy, you do things that you, you go to the um, ballet and never in your life. Now you're imitating things. You're doing things that you've never, but you are fascinated. I'm here to challenge us, family. Once again, let us be fascinated with him. Because that's the only way you will know him. He's after a people that will say, God, I want to be worthy of you. I want to please you. I want to produce fruit in my life. I want to know you. I'm seeking your presence. And when we do these things, I want to encourage you. You will see a total transformation in your life. 
Because we have made a decision. I'm finished living for my own kingdom. If I say, God, let your kingdom come, it means my kingdom must go. And I believe tonight that there are people that are making a decision that you are saying, I'm finished with a life of average. I'm not looking for a thousand people to make a decision. If we can have 10 people tonight that totally surrender and hear the call of the kingdom and glory and put God on display, 10 radical people that are dangerous, we're gonna shake this nation. But do you hear the call? Are you willing in this hour and in this moment to say, God, I wanna live worthy? And the challenge tonight, are you pleasing him in every way? Is there fruit in your life? And do you know him? You need to increase in your knowledge of him. Are you worthy of him? Are you worthy of him? Does your lifestyle show that he is first in everything in your life? He's looking for a people who will give everything. That will respond to the call for the kingdom and the glory. He's looking for people that, that will put him on display. Because you please him. You will begin to produce fruit. You will begin to know him when you live in such a way that you are worthy of him. It's time for us to make a stand. Just for a moment, just close your eyes. And I trust that the word of God tonight has challenged you. That you're making a decision today that my life is not going to be ordinary anymore. If you hear the call to the kingdom and glory, if you are making a decision tonight to say I will adopt a lifestyle worthy of him, I want you to stand to your feet. Keep your eyes closed. You don't have to respond. But tonight you make a decision that I will live a life worthy of him. I want you to raise your right hand and I want you to declare the following. Say, Lord Jesus, you have every right to me. I want to be considered worthy to be counted among those who have sought your highest. Whatever I go through, I will not be moved. I offer myself to you totally and without conditions, contracts, or stipulations. I am not a part of this world 
And I'm not going to do things the way the world does it. I only exist for you and your kingdom. Just for a moment, raise both of your hands. And just for a moment, surrender. God is looking for surrendered people. He's looking for people that will say, God, I am surrendering completely to you. Let his Holy Spirit just touch you for a moment. He's, he's about to take you to the next level. He was waiting for you to make that decision, that choice. God, everything, everything. God, I pray there's areas in our lives that we didn't produce fruit, that we were not pleasing to you. God, God we ask forgiveness, that we were busy with things and not pursuing your presence. Father, Tonight, Father, forgive us that we were not worthy of you. Come and heal us. But from today, we are going to be a people that are worthy of you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give God praise if you believe it. God, I will be worthy of you. Amen. Thank you, family. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise the Lord for that wonderful word, Pastor Darby. It's no accident that his church is called World Shakers. God is using them in a mighty way, and we had a great time in the word tonight, very stretching. And I'd like to ask if you could just bow your heads, please, and close your eyes. This message that Pastor Darby preached tonight was indeed a challenging message. And I want to put out a challenge of my own tonight. If you're sitting here and you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, then that's the challenge that I'm putting out to you. If you don't know him in that you have a relationship with him, if you have never said, I surrender my life to Jesus, then that's what I'm asking you to do tonight. There was a time in the Bible where Paul and Silas were in prison and God delivered them supernaturally out of that situation. And the, the prison guards, very hard men, just talking about the gladiators tonight. In those days, people, they were really hard, hard people. It was nothing for them to just pierce someone with a sword. Hardened people. When that prison warden, when that guard saw the hand of the Lord moved supernaturally. He immediately said to Paul and Silas, he said, what must I do to be saved? This hardened man, in a moment, he recognized God for who he was and he wanted to meet with him. And I, and I believe we have people that are here tonight that need to, that have had that kind of encounter through hearing this word are saying, I want, I want to know this God. As challenging as the message was. So I'm, I'm inviting you, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. If you're here tonight and you at one point you had a relationship with God, you could say to Pastor Darby confidently, I was that. I walked worthy at a time 
but I know that I've, I've, there's been this chasm that has grown between God and I, and, and my relationship is not where it should be with the Lord, then I'd like to invite you as well tonight that uh, when I count to three, you raise your hand and come back to the Lord. You know that you need to make right with God, and this is your opportunity. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. This word is for you, and I believe that the Lord is stirring your heart right now. And then thirdly, I want to just make sure, if I were to ask you this question, if you were to die tonight, do you know for sure where you would spend eternity? And if you don't know the answer to that question, then I would be concerned. But that can be fixed in a moment. If you're not sure about your eternal destination, then you want to be involved in this prayer. So at the count of three, those that want to surrender their lives to the Lord, those that want to come back to God, and those that want to know that they will spend eternity in heaven, raise your hand, please. One, two, three, right now, raise your hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. That's taking a bold step tonight. I'm, I'm urging you, please don't leave. Thank you up front here. Please don't leave here not knowing about your salvation. This will be the biggest mistake that you would ever make. If there's anybody else, you can raise your hand right now. And uh, I'm going to ask one of the leaders to come. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Those that are grappling with this, just raise your hand. The Bible, and I do this, I tell people the Bible doesn't say that we have to raise our hand to be saved. But it's a way that you show to God. I see a hand here on my left-hand side. If someone could just be, uh, uh, just help that person over there. Uh, uh, you don't have to raise your hand to go to heaven. That's not how it works. But we're raising our hands as a, a public declaration of surrender. That's what you're doing. And you're indicating to us. You're just showing, yes, I want Jesus. What a wonderful, bold step. And so we're going to pray a prayer. The Bible says that uh, whoever acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died on the cross. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do exactly that. That's all it takes is faith. God just wants you to believe in what Jesus has done. I just feel like there are just one or two more people that need to, uh, and as I've just said that, I, I just know there are folks that are, that are saying, you know what, not next week, next week. There may not be a next week, folks. This is not something that you want to, <laughs> you don't want to be deciding on something like this. You want to be jumping to this opportunity. So if there's anybody else, you can raise your hand right now. I'm about to pray. So I'm going to ask everybody, those online as well, I know there are folks at home that are watching, and perhaps you're sitting there on your couch, and you're raising your hand. You're finding yourself with your hand raised. That's 100%. That's perfect. Perhaps you're in the family room your children there. It might even be a little bit difficult to do anything because you've got the baby in the arms, whatever the case may be, but just somehow, just, I want you to just say yes to God right now. And I'm going to, I'm going to uh, lead us all in a prayer. And I want you to, I want you to listen to the words. And, and for the benefit of those that have raised their hands, I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me right now. Let's say this, say, dear heavenly father, thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your son, to die in my place. He was sent as a sacrifice for the whole world, which includes me. And tonight, I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that He is risen from the dead. He is alive. And I surrender my life to you. I want to walk worthy of you. 
And I thank you for accepting me and for cleansing me from every sin. Because I've made this decision right now, I can boldly declare that I am a child of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.